At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding a motorcycle with your crew on the open road. That symphony of engines roaring in perfect harmony. It's a feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, Jerry. Oh, my word. Really, really terrible. Was that a glockenspiel, Jerry? Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Uh, No, Jerry. It's over. Well, greetings, Imagination Connoisseurs. Once again, it is I, your Duke of Dope Discourse, your Master of Fun and Wonder, your Viceroy of Verisimilitude, or, as John Campia calls me, your existential Mr. Rogers. What that means, I'll leave that for you to decide. This is issue number 20. Number 20. Of the Weekly Hero, and you don't come to this show for me. Let's face it, you don't. You come to this show for the enchantress of effervescence, she of a thousand voices. What was something else somebody called you? Uh, the one of them was the voice of villainy. The voice of villainy. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I don't. You don't strike me as the only I, the voice of villainy. Well, no, I play a villain in a lot of video games, but oh. I also play a lot of cats. Well, there and you depending go. Depending on your perspective, maybe that's also a villain. Uh, well, maybe we can work in the word feline to one of your nicknames. Ooh. Uh, maybe we can. We'll try. Uh, okay. Well, this is, I mean, I got to say, you know, there are some weeks where we have things to talk about. Some weeks we have to struggle for things to talk about. Mm-hmm. But we had a bombshell of Weekly Hero related news coming out yesterday. Finally, the big announcement. Yes. Announcements, announcements, announcements. That's what they'd say in summer camp. A terrible way to die. Oh. A terrible death to get talked to death. A terrible death what to die. What kind of camp were you going to? I went to the Flying Horseshoe Ranch in Cleelum, Washington. Okay. There Shout is out. a Grand Dude Ranch down in <laughs> Tianaway Valley. Oh, yeah, I remember these songs from Yeah, you. so yeah. there you go. I'm telling you. I just you. was worried that you were just only singing songs about existentialism at your camp, which explains a lot about your adulthood. Well, uh, you know, in Dr. Demento's show, they used to play a song called The Existential Blues. Mm. But that doesn't have to do with what I was going to bring no. up. We had James Gunn and Peter Safran, the architects of DC Studios, dropping the knowledge on us yesterday, everything they want to do. I mean, I mean, this was not just some small announcement. No. They, they not only were they announcing many projects over film and television, they also dropped their philosophy, which I don't see a lot of people talking about. Like, they called this phase gods and monsters, not just phase one. So they've announced that's their thesis statement, if we were writing a five-paragraph essay. Gods and monsters. So I put this to you, Chris. Mm-hmm. What do they mean by this? And how does the idea of gods and monsters relate to the slate as they have announced it? Well, I mean, aren't they just two sides of the same coin, ultimately? And Very I think possibly. that's what a lot of this exploration is going to be about, theoretically. I'm just talking out of my ass, y'all. This is my thoughts and theories here. But I think that juxtaposition of what it means to be a god, what it means to be a monster, when we think god, a lot of times it's a virtuous, um, holier-than-thou position typically, not always, but typically associated with good monsters, typically associated with evil. And I think a lot of the characters that we're seeing come to play here are a real, real great exploration of that. Obviously, Superman is somebody who we identify as as pure good, um, lawful good, right? And is often lauded as somebody, even though he is so dangerous. And people like Bruce Wayne understand this. Of yes. If you decide to not be who you are, you are the most dangerous thing in the universe, right? Whereas then we have other characters who might see themselves as that godlike figure, perhaps the authority, that are going to take a look at what it means to be a vigilante, what it means to decide who gets to live their life in a certain way. They're playing judge, uh, judge and executioner here, right? So there's a lot of different things, stuff happening. And then Swamp Thing, obviously, clear-cut monster diving into the horror genre, but such a character steeped in humanity and what it means to be human. So I think this is a really interesting exploration of superheroes with the lens of what is humanity and is it worth saving? See, now this is what excited me the most about this announcement is there is philosophy behind it. Yeah. And it, it seems to me that it's it's really well thought out. And I like the fact that James Gunn came out and said, look, we're not moving forward. He's a writer himself. We're not moving forward until these scripts, no longer are we going to start production of movies that two thirds of the script have been written. And then we'll figure out the last third as we're in production. Yeah. And don't send me your scripts. <laughs> uh, but I, I think that's that's um, that's a, a, a. I'm not saying this is not. By the way, I say this not as a slam at Marvel. I say this as a slam at big budget filmmaking. So often, 
we have to make a release date. So studios are saying, well, we've already set this date in. We have to make this movie by this time, whether it's ready to be launched or not. And large-scale superhero properties, by definition, require pre-production. They require many visual effects that should also be sorted out during pre-production. They require a lot of planning, and the execution has to be well well done So, and well thought through. Mm -hmm. So I'm really liking this approach. Everything that Safran and James Gunn have said, because James Gunn being an experiment, we've never had an experienced filmmaker who's made tentpole properties. Yeah more than once, be put into a position of power as a studio executive, indeed, the president of a studio. I I think this is unprecedented in Hollywood history. And Peter Safran has been a guy who's produced these big-budget movies, and the two of them have known each other for the better part of 25 years. Yeah. So to see this kind of team come together, assuming it doesn't fly off the rails and go off the tracks, this could actually herald not just a a new era in the DC pantheon of films and, and television, but maybe a new era in how big budget filmmaking is approached, which could be really interesting having this interesting. kind of this, these kinds of people at the top and James Gunn's announced he's writing Superman legacy. I mean, dollars to donuts. He's going to direct Superman legacy. Oh, I would say so. Uh, I mean, why wouldn't you? Yeah. So I think you nailed the, the philosophical underpinnings of this. That said, mm -hmm. what are some of the highlight standouts of this slate for you? Ooh, there's a whole bunch. Taylor, can we actually run through these? Sure, yeah. Do you want Amazing. me to pull up the pips or do you want me to yeah, read off all of this? Yeah, if you want to just run through it with us right, so we can make sure everyone knows what we're all talking about. So for movies, there were a total of 10 announcements mm -hmm. yesterday. For movies, we have Superman Legacy. That'll be opening on July 11th of 2025. Mm -hmm. Then we have The Authority. We have The Brave and the Bold, which is the Batman film. We have The Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, and Swamp Thing, which is the one I am most excited for because it's going to be a horror film. Yeah. Cannot wait for that. On the television side, we have Creature Commandos. We have Waller, which is going to be kind of a spinoff of the Peacemaker series. We have Lanterns, Paradise Lost, and Booster Gold. So I just think this is really interesting because they're covering the main pantheon of DC characters. So we've got Superman and Batman movies, mm -hmm. Wonder Woman and Green. I mean, it's not necessarily about Wonder Woman, but Paradise Island. When I think exploring the lore and exploring Themyscira is very, very interesting and something that you need for the greater DCU. Totally agree. But And then we've got the Lantern. So you have four of the core members of the Justice League right then and there. Yeah. They're taken care of. And the idea that we're getting the authority, which I think are teeing them up as the villains, the, yeah. like you were saying earlier, vigilantes, mm -hmm. they're scary. And you've got, I mean, Apollo and Midnighter, uh, DC's great gay power couple. Yes. Uh, which I, I, I think that uh, I've always, I love the authority. The I remember when the authority first came out, they were talking about it as being a widescreen comic mm -hmm. because the art was the panels were big and bold. Oh, and yeah. It's stunning. The, it's stunning. And the, the carrier traveling through the bleed and all the super technology. And and I, I really like this sort of... It's funny because it was kind of an irreverent Justice League before the boys existed. Yeah. So we got that look at characters. I'm not saying it was exactly like the boys. No, but, but it was that kind of approach of, well, why does there need to be a line? I'm, I am the end all on authority right you know i should have say in what's done and why would we release criminals why would we release people who are terrible or just simply cage them no no no. we need to take extreme members and that way extreme crime can't happen and you see the you know justification of things and it was a wild storm line specifically yes. wasn't it yeah so it did get to kind of veer off from a little bit of the shinier parts of dc i know we usually associate dc with like darkness and like they're usually like the more hardcore characters when compared to marvel but you still have to remember that most of the dc characters do have a moral compass right our heroes still have that line you know even though batman back in the day had a gun we now know that he has hard and fast rules about killing people the authority does not no which is very exciting i i honestly i think i'm really really excited about that paradise show like i i'm really excited about looking at the mascara more ultimately though and i know that this is me looking way to the future. I'm really excited about the potential for having the Themyscirans and the Atlanteans battle because I love that. I think it's so, so fun. And then Taylor's pick too, Swamp Thing. I'm yeah. not a big horror person, but I 
love the Swamp Thing comics. Oh. I love, y'all have heard me talk ad nauseum about Justice League Dark. And I really think that this is the setup to all of that, to bringing in John Constantine, to having Zatanna in the mix. I'm hyped about this. And if it gets funky and scary and gory, I'm just going to hold Taylor's hand and hope for the best. I want to see the Floronic Man. <gasps> Maybe. I mean, I don't know if we will, but hey, James Gunn, bring me some Floronic I Man action. I feel like that. He'd do that. I, I mean, I, I, I could see pick. that. But what I also think about, you know, the Swamp Thing in terms of all the characters, I mean, obviously, we're going to get Frankenstein's monster in Creature Commandos. Yeah. So the first show up is the animated Creature Commandos series that is already in production, mm -hmm. as we learned from this. And what I thought was very interesting, I, I think you made this point earlier, that the Creature Commandos and then the Authority are already in place in this new DC universe in terms of the powers that be. And then the rise of these new characters, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Green, the Lanterns, bringing more of a moral compass maybe to to a world that has, has let its moral compass not point to true north anymore mm -hmm. or something along those lines, which I find to be really kind of exciting. I mean, for me, the, the, um, uh, I just think we've never seen a, this is a huge slate of projects, a, a very diverse slate of projects from a storytelling standpoint. I mean, I think we're getting a booster gold TV show. I've always loved booster gold, interesting character. Yeah total capitalist, a person that believes on treading on superpowers by making money off of them. And I them. love that we're leaning into the very like heel capitalistic aspect of him from that description uh, too. I, it sounds great, which I, and I, I they, they, there's no mention of Skeets, you know, is flying his drone skeets. android. You gotta have Skeets. Gotta I mean, I'm sure skeets. we will. But, but that was another, you know, I always wanted to see uh, Booster Gold. There was talk mm -hmm. about doing a Booster Gold series or, or a movie early. A friend of mine was actually working on a booster gold script that didn't happen i don't know if he'll be involved with this project but i like that they're showing us many they're coming at the dc universe from many different sides yeah and i think some are unexpected but there's definitely a method to their madness and that's something i find very exciting are you excited overall about this slate you know i am i i know a lot of people were expecting some real bombshells and some really big, big casting announcements too. That I think was a little, a little expecting a little too much, right? We're in, we're in pre-production. Pre-pre-production. Yeah, we're just making the roadmap. But what I like about this is the tie to a philosophical approach. And I like that there's big swings here. I love that we're playing with genre already from the get-go and not doing your typical cookie cutter kind of superhero stories because that's really what DC needs to do. They need to not try to be Marvel. They need to be their own entity. They have great, great characters, really exciting IP. And these are characters that even some diehard comic book fans, you know, don't know a lot about. And I think this is a really exciting thing for them to explore i mean i'm a huge green lantern fan and mm -hmm. to see that they're leaning into both john stewart and hal jordan as an investigative team yeah. a la true detective well i i love that i was one of these people too of which green lantern are they going to choose as if we could only have one when there's a whole core right and then when they announced this it was oh yeah why why wouldn't you just have the two of them work together and have them both exist at the same time? Well, I love this idea that they're looking for an overarching mystery like we were talking about when we were off air about maybe the anti-life equation yes. comes and plays into this. Maybe the new gods, you know, maybe we go to a new Genesis or Apocalypse or mm -hmm. something along those lines. Because oh, I think, I hope so. you know, Darkseid as a looming figure in the DC universe, I've always loved. Mm -hmm. Although I still don't quite understand Final Crisis. What was that all about? But I have it. I have all the different versions of it, but still, it was a little odd. Yeah. Um, I don't, I do get it. I'm making a Don't joke. Add People him. are going to write me like big analysis. Here's what it really means. In this essay, I will make sure you understand. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go to chat GPT and I'm just going to type in what is Final Crisis? <laughs> what was that all about? <laughs> Final Crisis was the 1960s DC miniseries. Yeah. Make great movies. That's fine. But um, I'll figure it out. Uh, but yeah, so so I think that like I never thought a Green Lantern series would be earthbound where they're investigating some great mystery. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, well, they're Green Lanterns, so they have their power rings, so they're in touch with the Guardians, which means there has to be a spatial component to it all. Oh, absolutely. But I love be. that there's going to be, you know, maybe we'll, whatever, whatever, in my mind, whatever's going on with this is they were sent there by the Guardians to figure this out, mm -hmm. you know, so it's a cosmic X-Files. Yeah. That image that keeps being brought up of Hal and John together, too. 
I, I every time I see this, I'm like, what an even more wonderful argument for Glenn Powell being Hal. Every time I see this image, I'm like, that's just a drawing of him. Uh, yeah, it's just a drawing. Uh, by of the Glenn way, Powell. if that were the case, if they cast Glenn Powell as Hal Jordan, that'd be like the greatest casting. It'd be ever. really good casting. Really good casting. I mean, I would love to see that. Mm-hmm. You know, I watched uh, Devotion. The Jonathan, uh, I liked it a lot. Okay. I mean, I love flying movies yeah. and stuff. I, I thought it was really, really good. I, thought I quite you know, I it. usually just don't click into them, but that I keep hearing great things it's about really them. Good. And everyone keeps telling me I need to see it. Jonathan Majors is it's his year. Yeah, but so so now we're not going to get the first of these movies till 2025, which makes sense because it takes two years to make. Having worked a on a Superman movie yeah. and seen how long it takes, two years to make a Superman. It's a lot movie. of flying. It is a lot of it's a lot of flying. Yeah. And what's interesting to me is. They didn't start shooting Superman Returns until March of 2004. And, and or pardon me, March of 2005. Um, but they were, I was covering it as a documentarian in the summer of 2004. Mm-hmm. And so that's when they started casting it. That's when they found Brandon Ralph. And then pre-production, I mean, didn't begin from, you're, you're, you're deep into pre-production and casting in the summer of 2004. The movie didn't come out till 4th of July of 2006. Yeah. So that's to me they're they're right on the money in terms of beginning the process of pre-production now that the script is done and all of that. So it's going to be mm-hmm. interesting to see and with the uh, James Mangold tweeting we, we now know he's circling swamp thing. Yeah. This is exciting. So clearly they're a lot further along with these projects than they they're going to let on now. For sure. Be- because if they're made creature commandos, I'd never, the first I'd ever heard of it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. And they're already making it. Yeah. Somewhere there's some universal exec going, no, uh, our extended monster verse. Oh, which is, <laughs> I know, which is right there. <sighs> so I don't know. I mean, optimistic or not, was this overwhelming, underwhelming? What do you think about the new DC I'm, slate? I'm whelmed. I am right where I need to be Me to too. borrow from Robin. I'm whelmed. I think this is a good start. And really all of it, the proof is in the pudding, right? Until I actually see footage from these things, I really can't weigh in on it. Aside from, I like where it's headed. I think this is a strong start to a very interesting and unique lineup. And that's what I've wanted from DC. Don't try to be the antithesis of Marvel. Don't try to be Marvel. Just do your own thing, baby. I completely agree with that. I think that's And I think that's exactly where they're going. The Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xE. It's electrified. So you can boogie, woogie, woogie into the forest. Boogie. Boogie, woogie, woogie through the mud. Or boogie, woogie, woogie to work, where you boogie, woogie, woogie down the hall to your boss's office to tell him you quit. Shortcut the boogie. Then you boogie, woogie, woogie to the elevator as he boogie, woogie, woogies after you, begging, please, take me with you. Boogie. The electrified Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xE. Learn more at Jeep.com. Jeep is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Which, which is... Which was it's it's both surprising and exciting to me because mm-hmm. it's not what I expected. It's different. I don't know what I expected, but it wasn't quite this. I mean, I never thought I would be getting an announcement of Creature Commando, Swamp Thing, Booster Gold, Superman, Batman, a Paradise Island political series like Game of Thrones and the Lanterns. Yeah, where you're true detective. I mean, this is this is all over the place and quite exciting. But the fact that there's a lot of thought put into it already, that's what excites me. Authorship, Chris. Yes. Authorship. That's what I'm always you looking love for. Love to see it. Love to see it. Well, you know, are there other things that uh, are on your mind? Oh, yeah. We've got a couple you other know. stories that we want to talk about. I wanted to ask you about John Wick. We got a John Wick cameo, baby. We got a John Wick cameo. Yes. I mean, obviously, we know they're making a movie with Ana Darmus mm-hmm. called Ballerina. And it makes sense for him to be in here. I think we all knew this was coming. We're just happy to have the confirmation now. Yeah, I mean, I, I think how you can't... I mean, obviously, they've been talking forever about this continental TV series. Mm-hmm. Whether we're going to see that, I don't know. We know that we've got John Wick 4 coming out now next month. It's mm-hmm. February 1st. It's coming out March. Yeah. And we've got John Wick 5, which is supposedly coming out as well, which will probably end the Wick... Maybe the wick will be burned down to its nub, so there's no more John Wick movies. The, can- oh. the candles, the candles done. Look at you. You never know. <laughs> but now we're we're moving on. We're passing the torch, and on into Armas, who ex- explosively excited us in No Time to Die as a so young, good. eager agent. She was so yeah. good. Academy Award nominated for, of course, Blonde. Blonde for the Academy Awards this year. So ballerina John Wick's going to be in it. 
Do you are you excited for Ballerina as a spinoff of the John Wick franchise? You know, I really love Anna de Armas. I think she's incredible. I just who didn't fall in love with her in Knives Out? First of all, right. I mean, she was just so charming, and you root for her, especially among all those assholes. You just want her to get out and and be okay. And she killed it in Bond. Killed she it. absolutely killed it. Her action sequences were fantastic. And I know that we all were a little iffy on the gray man. It is getting its own cinematic universe. And I do think she was underutilized in that film. Uh, everything was underutilized. Everything in that film. was, except for Chris Evans's mustache. Yeah. That, well, that wasn't. That bad. was that was very utilized. I'll take it. But I think she's starting to carve her herself out as a real great action star as well. And not only a, a force to be reckoned with acting, acting wise, but she's really got chops when it comes to, you know, throwing some bows. What I love about her is she's clearly a spectacularly attractive woman that isn't afraid, as we saw in Knives Out, to frump herself up. Well, she, oh. she also can play a character. A char she's, a, she's a great character actress if she wants to be. So mm -hmm. she, can, she gives you the best of both worlds. She can be a glamour puss yeah. or she can turn around and be a housewife if she needs to be so as an operative like kind of like in um in killing eve mm -hmm. you know jodie comer is so attractive sometimes i did she's a total chameleon total chameleon especially with all those different dialects she can do oh. uh, unbelievable and that's what made her so fun to watch and i think that anna darmas is going to be the same way she'll be able to put on different because if that's what she's doing is the ballerina is an assassin getting in and getting out. I'm looking forward to seeing how they play with that character and yeah. her doing it. So exactly. I'm, excited. I'm really pumped about it. I had an acting teacher who talked about how he would get really annoyed when he'd see a movie and the actress was so concerned and preoccupied with looking attractive on screen. And it really, really just would grind his gears. And he burst into the classroom one day and just said, you know what pretty is? Pretty fucking useless. And it was like, art isn't supposed to be pretty. Art's supposed to make you feel things. As actors, stop worrying about being pretty. I'm so sick of it. Make someone feel something. And I think she's one of those actors, too, who really commits and is just, yeah, I'm here to do this. I'm here to serve the story. Let's go. And I really, really admire that about well, her. Well, that's why I love, you know, actors who can do. I mean, I think Jamie Lee Curtis right now is an incredibly mm. beautiful woman. Stunning. Always but has been, always will be. She frumped it up and everything everywhere all yeah. at once, that, uh, which I love. She's stunning when she's selling yogurt that helps you poop. I love it, Jamie Lee Curtis. It's true. I, I've right? loved her. I've always loved her. Yeah. She's fantastic. And I, I, by the way, I love the short-haired gray look that she's sporting mm -hmm. right now. But I think, you know, when I used to cut actors' reels, I had a format for doing it. And I would start with either a 30-second or 60-second montage quickly cut to a piece of music mm -hmm. to show all the different looks all at once. And I used to have actors go, you know, my nose doesn't... This is a shot that would last 15 frames. It was literally just a head turn as mm -hmm. a, to take you to the next shot. Well, and that's one of the reasons why we've seen casting go, hey, please don't hit us with those montages anymore. Just get to the acting. Because it did become this little glamour reel for so many people of, here I am in slow motion being stunning. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. These it's were, not book a look. Do something. This is 30 years ago, just mm -hmm. so you know. No worries. No. But uh, it, it was we were pioneering those things. They yeah. weren't the... Because we had nonlinear editing, so you could do it very quickly. And we didn't have non. It was this is ninety five, ninety six, ninety seven. Mm -hmm. But um, Taylor was a fetus. People would get mad. They're like they they point at their nose. And I'm like, it's it's a fifteen frame shot, meaning it's half a second. Nobody is looking there. They're, you're creating a feeling. Mm -hmm. But yeah, get, just getting to the acting was was now that now nothing is fun anymore. You used to have to put pictures in the mail and mail them to people. Oh, I notes. hated that. That was still when I moved here ten years ago. That was still a thing. Ugh. When I directed my first film, Free Enterprise, we put out a casting call, breakdown. Mm. You went out on breakdowns. We got 10,000 headshots in a week. Yep. And my mailman wanted to kill me. Oh, I'm sure. Wanted to kill me. And you know what was sad about that? You could take these and go, no, 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 no. And maybe every hundred would be somebody like, oh, that's, they're interesting. Mm -hmm. Because everyone had this generic look to them, which I, I want to see. Show me character looks on your picture. Yeah. I don't. And no one ever looked like they look like in the headshot. That's why it's the best compliment you can get is the, wow, you, you look exactly like your headshot. We're that's like, yes. absolutely. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> well, you know what's something that's deceiving and is often more than meets the eye? Not just a headshot. Ooh. A mother flipping transformer. What? <laughs> All right. So our next story that we got for you guys is that once again, we had some toys reveal things about the movie. Oh, that was movie. pretty good. I like, you know, that <laughs> was a great a transition. Oh I'm going to give that to that. You know what? Thank Bravo, you. Chris that Carr. Bravo. Thank you. Increase my pay. I'm so worth it. I'm so great. So we had this Transformer toy 
that shows us some beast mode action of Bumblebee here. Uh, this was really interesting. I love it. I, I think it's, why don't you tell, why don't you explain to the folks at home, why is this significant? So this little dude here, where's my article? Let me pull this up. I am woefully unprepared, you guys. So this little guy is showing that we have this whole transformation for Bumblebee going into Eagle Beast mode. So first of all, we're seeing a look at the car itself. We're going to, uh, Bumblebee goes from a vehicle mode in 19 steps. You can make them into Eagle mode. Ooh, ah. This is just a really cool figure. It lights up. It's got that dope-ass sword. Now, I want Chris, this. Chris, are we going to see this on screen shortly? I would assume so, because we've got Transformers Rise of the Beast coming. So the speculation is, obviously, that this is our beast mode for them, which I do think we're probably going to have something a bit more animalistic in the actual film, right? Yeah. Because we see all of the Autobots and the Decepticons really, truly go beast mode. They fully become, you know, gorillas or other things like that. Which I love. It's so rad. But now that we've got this eagle mode here, I'm wondering, Bumblebee goes full-on flight mode? We're going to get an aerial Bumblebee for once? So is he going to take on Starscream? Ooh, so I don't that'd know. be really heckin' exciting. I mean, pretty exciting. I, it's amazing to me that Transformers have now, again, uh, you, got, you got the power. Oh, that song was 86. Isn't that when the animated Transformers movie came out? Is that when it With came Unicron? out? With Unicron? I think so. I hadn't dropped yet. Yeah, no, you 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 didn't exist. I wasn't even an idea. I mean, you know, the first the first Transformers toys I ever saw were like repackaged Robotech toys. Oh yeah, I've seen these. Or, and they were, and I'm like, what is this? This mm -hmm. is pre their cartoon. Their an yeah. pardon me, not cartoon, animated series. Ah. Um, but I think this is a pretty cool toy. Oh, chat I mean, saying yeah, eighty six. Yeah, it was eighty six. I mean, and you had Orson Welles and Leonard Nimoy. Dude, come on. And you got the the song they use later in Boogie Nights. Is there a place where you can stream the older Transformer animated series? Uh, that's a good question. Like Gen One? Yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. Right I know the, oh, the thank you, Taylor. The movie recently came out. That the Transformers movie recently came out in a in a uh, uh, steelbook. Did you get it? I did not. <gasps> no, I have to tell you. I have to tell you, I'm not. A, I was too old for the Transformers. Oh, okay. And I'm too much of a, a Japanese sci-fi purist. Oh, I mean, yeah. I like my like a Gundam. Yeah, Gundam. But what I really love is the transforming super robots of the seventies, like uh, uh, Getter Robo and its sequel series, Getter Robo G, Ooh. or Getter Robo Apocalypse. I mean, these are the things. Depending on how you linked up, they would turn into like Getter Robo G. You had Dragon, Poseidon, and Getter Ligar, and and I <gasps> I loved all that. That's awesome. So it according to names. TV Guide, which I didn't even know still existed, uh, you can stream the '80s Transformers on Tubi, and it's also available to uh, buy or rent on Google and oh. iTunes. Well, okay. there you go, there you go. Tubi, huh? Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to go back and watch those. Although I do go back and watch my '70s. Grandizer. I, I throw them on because I used Netflix used to have um, old episodes of uh, He Man and She Ra, and they had the Christmas special, their crossover, and I used to just like throw that on. Wow, I miss those, miss those a lot. That's what Tubi's for. Yeah, maybe we'll get it back. Go check it out. Are you going to get this figure? No, no, <laughs> no. I, I, you know what I want to get? I want to get that trans, the electronic transforming Optimus Prime. That shit is dope. It's so good. But the thing is, I just, I never was a Transformers guy. Yeah. Because I'm, but however, I still collect a lot of mm -hmm. like the Bandai Japanese super robot stuff. I love that. Gundams. Mm -hmm. I still buy Gundams. They have horrible, it's worse than Hot Toys. The Gundam uh, metal build mm -hmm. line. It's hideously expensive. And if you don't get into these right away, they sell out very quickly. Oh, yikes. You're talking like 350, 400 bucks for the really deluxe ones. Mm hmm. So if you want to part with any and send them my way, I'll put them on the set for you. There you go. If you have any metal build Gundam figures, I'm your guy. I wonder if Ray would get this. <laughs> no. No? You wouldn't get this one? <laughs> no. He'd like them, though. He'd be like, that's so cool. And then and then just still not buy it. <laughs> well, guys, in the chat, let us know if you would get this, because I, I am excited about this movie. I, I really think am, the trailer too. looks really dope. I'm excited to see this thing. And having an aerial bumblebee, I think, is the fun takeaway from this. Having a bumblebee with that really cool sword. I don't know. Let us know what you think about this in the comments. We'd love to hear if this gets you more excited, or if you think this is a cheesy toy, or if you're going to go run out to stores and get it right away.
Please do, because I want to see it. Yeah. And like, send us pictures of your. I love, you know, people have great <laughs> collections of Transformers figures. Mm-hmm. And I love when people have like everyone on shelves and how they arrange them. And oh, so, yeah. s- don't send me your scribs. <laughs> send me your pictures of your Transformer collection. Exactly. That's what I want to see. Well, and obviously, Rob is a man with exquisite taste because you've got an excellent collection of toys. I have an, I do. I have an excellent. I'm building a four and a half foot model of the space battleship Andromeda right now. It's, as a oh, matter yeah. of fact, it's on a table in the kitchen that Elizabeth is very upset about but she doesn't know that i have two other ships behind it i've got the yamato and i've got the haguya coming too so hey it's just gonna be a a shipbuilding yard in my kitchen she's going to love it she really doesn't no i know she doesn't (laughs) she she's like she's looking at the front half the bow of this thing going how big is this and i go baby it's four and a half feet long she's like come on that you're kidding and i'm like no it's really four and a half feet long she's not happy about it She's like, how many wires does that? She's like, I'm always sitting there cutting the fiber optics. This is always so great because when this happens too, Logan's like, I can do almost anything I want comparatively because he can't, we can't afford to buy so many hot toys. So he's just like, if I get some random shit, you're not going to be mad. You're going to be so excited. That, it's true. And and the thing is, it took me years to acquire all the parts because yeah. it's a part, work, part, part works kit. Mm. So It's yeah. going to be worth it though. You'll be really excited. Especially when you have it. three like four foot Will they be ship like suspended models. Or? No, they're on stands. Oh, sweet. And they've okay. all got remote controls with sound effects and lights. Okay, see, that's really cool. By the way, we're doing a show called The Weekly Hero. <laughs> Aren't, don't we have another? Do we have another uh, topic? We actually are going to talk about your hot toy next. But before we do that, we want to take a quick break to listen to the sponsor of this video, the good folks over at Mint Mobile and Masterclass. Yeah. We want to thank a sponsor of this video, Masterclass. Masterclass offers classes on a wide variety of topics, all taught by world-class instructors at the very top of their fields. Each class is broken out into individual video lessons, usually around 10 minutes long. And Masterclass is completely accessible on your phone, the web, smart TV, and available via audio mode to listen to classes on the go. They have over 2,500 video lessons from over 180 of today's most brilliant minds. They're all available anytime, anywhere on iOS, Android, desktop, Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV, and Roku. Now, obviously around here on the John Campus Show, we love our movies. So why not learn filmmaking from Jodie Foster or maybe directing from Ron Howard himself or the great Neil Gaiman doing his masterclass on the art of storytelling. And you guys have heard me talk about my favorite masterclass, Business Strategy and Leadership by Big Papa Iger himself, Bob Iger, the new and returning CEO of Disney. So guys, I highly recommend that you check it out. Get unlimited access to every class. And as a John Campia Show listener, you get 15% off an annual membership. Just go to masterclass.com slash campia now. That's masterclass.com slash campia for 15% off masterclass. Guys, we want to thank a sponsor of this video, Mint Mobile. If saving more and spending less is one of your top goals for 2023, why are you still paying insane amounts of money every month for your phone bill? Switching to Mint Mobile is the easiest way to save money this year. As the first company to sell premium wireless service online only, Mint Mobile lets you order from home and save a ton with phone plans starting at just $15 a month. Guys, I have told you before that when I was on one of the major phone carriers, I was spending literally three times as much every month and switching to Mint Mobile couldn't have been easier. So for people just looking to save some extra money this year, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. You can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and switch easily in just minutes with eSIM. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash campia. That's mintmobile.com slash campia. Cut your wireless bill to just 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash campia. And thanks to Masterclass and Mint Mobile. Mm-mm good for sponsoring this episode of The Weekly <laughs> the Hero. Minty Fresh Calls. Minty Fresh Classes. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Actually, you know what? Masterclass is way worth the money. Oh my gosh, it's so good. It's so good. If, I mean, if you're a fan of this channel, first of all, Bob Iger's talk is astounding. I'm I mean, a big fan of the Gordon Ramsay video, y'all know. Ron Howard, James oh. Cameron, Jodie Foster, people that have directed films, it's great. Helen Mirren. 
Helen, oh yeah. Oh, no. That uh, gets that's, watched that's, a lot in my household. Yeah, I know, I know, oh, I, know. I know. Well, you know, listen, before mm-hmm. we talk about my hot toy. I know, I just got so excited about that segue. I, I was uh, on a segue roll. It was a good segue It was as roll. if I was on a segue towards segues. <laughs> Uh, do they still make those? I don't know if they do. I think too many people probably fell off of them. Yeah, they probably did. <laughs> even if they had gyroscopes. Actually, we have issues. We do have an issue. And, and I, I love our issues. We try and like, we crest them into topical events. Yeah. And one of the things that I think is topical, the Brave and the Bold movie that was announced, yes. decided to give us, not since Chris O'Donnell was Robin and Batman Forever and, and Batman and Robin, give have we had an, Batman well, you nips. could, Joseph Gordon-Levitt kind of could have been Ish. Robin, maybe. Yeah. But we do have Damian Wayne, the son of Talia Al Ghul and Bruce Wayne, yeah, uh, trained by the League of Assassins, uh, and he is going to be the Robin that we meet in Brave and the Bold. He is, which is a very, very different kind of Robin relationship than we've had. It's always been a surrogate son, right? Uh, right. And and this is a point of contention with Damian Wayne. He is not a big fan of these adoptees. No, he's not. Does not like them. And so we have Damien introduced several other times in the comics. Yes. We first see him in um, Son of the Demon, and that's when he's an infant. We see him later on a little bit more grown. It's not till Batman 657, though. 657 by Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison, the man. Yes. Oh, read as much Grant Morrison as you can, you guys. What a wacky and fun ride you'll be on with any of his stories. But in this one, we've got Damien being brought into the Batcave, and this is ultimately where he's going to don that Robin suit, but he does not do it in any heroic kind of way. No, not at all. Oh, he is so rude to Tim. He is disrespectful towards Alfred. He's disrespectful towards Bruce. Bruce has to put him in his place and gives him a big old talking to they have would you say issues they have a tremendous issues look at this look at this you know how you like try to stab your dad you know how you do that i've tried to do that well never no no (laughs) you know who also hasn't tried to stab his dad is it taylor 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 hasn't tried to stab his dad you know why you can't stab him if you can't find him it's true (laughs) no (laughs) a stab in the dark This issue is really, really great. Not only is it just bombastic action sequences, we have a really, really interesting through line, too, with the villain in this who ends up getting beheaded, the spook, which is wild. But you have this contention between Tim and Damien. And Tim, while he is very hurt that this, you know, biological son is in the mix, he has a a talk with Bruce. He tries to have a a heart-to-heart with Damien, which ultimately results in Damien taking some cheap shots telling Bruce that Tim is moving on right, and that he is going to be Robin from now on to help take down his own mother. Which is what you do. You know, families. When you're, when your mother's the daughter of the demon, mm-hmm. Rosh al Ghul, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, uh, it's a great comic, by the way, I'm a huge fan of Grant Morrison's entire run on Batman. I think he, he did Batman incorporated job. too. Yes. And, and uh, it, it, it's a great run. Yeah. The art's great and it is collected in various forms. So you can get those, that run. I do feel like, and we should do a video on this at some point of doing kind of your, your prep for not your prep for that. Your prep for, you know, Who needs what to, prep? <laughs> your prep for what to expect potentially with this particular DCU. And I think Grant Morrison is a writer to look to, for what they might do with right. Batman, particularly with these Damien situations and everything as well. Because when you think child assassin, that could either be really, really goofy yes. or terrifying. Terrifying. And it, if done well, it should be terrifying. And I think that's what we want here. And I think Grant Morrison's stuff really, really leans into that. Well, that goes back to what James Gunn and Peter Safran are doing. They're going and they're taking the Marvel rat. They're picking various things out of the comics mm-hmm. that have already been laid out. Like, here's the storyline we want to delve into. And I think a lot of the time with these IPs, people don't. They don't do, they don't, they're like, well, I'm writing my own thing. I, you know, yeah. I'm not going to. And I'm like, no, man, go into what it is that people liked in the first place. I think this is a great run, a great choice of characters to pick. Yeah. And I love the idea that that Batman, It's they, they said straight up, we're going to delve into the Batman family. Because you know how I like family. Yes. And my Batman. <laughs> Um, I don't know if I do, but maybe we'll Meanwhile, see. Meanwhile, at Maine Wa- Ma- uh, Wayne Manor, I screwed Maine it up. Manor. I screwed it up. At- I ruined it. I was on a roll today, and then I fucked it up. 
You know, it's it's great because the hour-long Super Friends cartoons are on animated series, is on HBO Max. So you can go back and watch that. it that again. Sense. And here it's at night. Actually, that wasn't, that was more of a British guy. That was. What the hell that was that? That got a little Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Meanwhile, that was Robin Light. In Bruce Wayne's palatial manor. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Scary. Well, you know what we have now? We have issues. Oh, we did our issues. We, we did our, you, know, you and I have certainly, we have issues with my voiceover. That's my issue with you. I'm sure you'd be like, you can do better, buddy. You know how you can I do better? You. Chris Carr. Uh, huh? Chris Carr, if you want to know how to do better voices than I just did, yeah. Chris Carr, where can people find out how to do that? Oh, thanks. You can head over to my website, speakfriendstudio.com. Um, we are doing a partnership with EEB Studios that'll pop up right when you go there for a intro to VO boot camp that's happening February 18th. Um, we also do one-on-one coaching for if you have auditions coming up, if you need a demo cut, all sorts of good stuff. So head on over there. Well, and you know, that brings us to this week's hot toy, which lives up to its name, if you know what I'm saying. Hey, Rob, I know you're on your way out the door to go line up for 80 for Brady, but before you go, do you have time for a hot toy segment? You know what, Taylor, for you and for our valuable viewers out there and YouTube land, of course, always. What do you have for us today? Oh, I was going to say, I mean, well, what I have for us today is actually a pretty cool figure. This is the deluxe version of everyone's favorite prince, Diana Princess of Themyscira, uh, or as we know her, Wonder Woman. Now, this is, I, I kind of set her up. She comes with a bunch of other stuff that I didn't have time to put on her. But this is kind of how she appears at the beginning of Zack Snyder's Justice League. And, of course, it does come with a hot mother box, uh, as you see. And this actually is weighted. This is a pretty cool accessory, actually. And as you can see... She does not have uh, her joints are covered, so it's it's pretty great. And this is a great costume. I love the the sword and I love the shield accessory. Uh, it's a great figure. I think the likeness is pretty great. You do have rooted hair, which a lot of collectors, especially female figures, don't dig rooted hair. But when it's done well, I think it can be it can be great. Um, she does come with a lot of other accessories. She comes with bullet hits on her wristbands. She comes with a fur coat. Uh, it's just that this figure is a little old. I mean, it was, and the the I need to fix the belts that uh, uh, go around her. But she's in warrior mode here. She's taking on Dark Side. She's taking on Steppenwolf. She's taking on the Parademons. She is ready to fight Taylor. And of course, this is part of the official. This was done as the Justice League line, not necessarily the Zack Snyder's Justice League line. I think of it only as Zack Snyder's Justice League. And I've also been collecting third-party figures such as the Martian Manhunter that go along with my Justice League display. So I'm very happy with this figure. I think it's very cool. Uh, I own the winged armor Wonder Woman from Wonder Woman 84. They just dropped another Wonder Woman 84 figure that's more colorful. Um, but I, I do like these Gal Gadot figures quite a bit. Well, I got to love that figure. And she comes with all kinds of other accessories. I'm sorry, I just didn't have time to put them all up. But uh, maybe maybe when you see my whole collection video, you'll see her with her Ooh. fur coat on. Then someone from Pete will get mad. Yeah. Where but can people see your full collection video? They can't. They, they can't? haven't made it yet. Oh. Actually, you can. You can look on my channel, uh, The Burnett Work, and you can find my old Collider Heroes Hot Toy Collection video that I did for the 100th episode. It's like six Ooh. years old now or something. But nice. you can see it if you want. Hey, by the way, go to my channel, The Burnett Work. Like and subscribe and watch Rob's Observations, the show about something. Sweet. So there you go. Now I guess you know what we're here to do now? Talk to you. Yeah. You imagination connoisseurs. You members of this, the John Campia community. What are, what are people going to say? Let's see. <laughs> I don't know. From Al Renshaw, once the trophy scene and everything everywhere all at once started, I just started laughing, smiling, and was like, I don't know what's happening, but I love it. Same, dude. Me Same. Too. Yeah. I didn't quite know what was happening either. The minute they showed those those awards, though, I was like, that mm, that doesn't look right. No. And then I was I was corrected my <laughs> It's my true. You were. <laughs> well, what else we got here? From Al Renshaw again, I want Wick team up with Lorraine Nobody so badly. Ooh. I would like to see, you know, everybody talks about that. Yeah. And I, I'd love to see it too. I just don't know if they could work out the rights. It'd kind of be like Kong versus Godzilla. Who would win? Ooh. I mean, I'd still put my money on John Wick. Probably. I would too. Yeah. John Wick always goes for the head. Yeah. From Connor Thorne, who sends in a $20 super chat. Thank, Thank you, you, Connor. 
Hey, Weekly Hero Crew. Do you guys think that we could get a Deadpool animated show that is canonical with the Ryan Reynolds movies since he breaks the fourth wall? I can, I get, oh, since he breaks the fourth wall, I can see it being a thing that could work. You know, now that it's Disney, I don't know. But after judging what happens in the Harley Quinn, the Poison Ivy, the Harley Quinn show. Yeah. Uh, I think a Deadpool cartoon that's canonical could be, be super fun. It'd be really fun, It'd especially really with great. an R-rated sensibility. I just don't know if we'd get it. Yeah, and does Ryan Reynolds have the time? He's running a company, too, and on top of all of his acting endeavors. He's helping us. He's listening to your Mint Mobile questions. Yeah, you know, like every day. <laughs> you know how many he listens to? Yeah. It takes a full bottle of gin. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Every day. Every day. Every day. What else? From Al Renshaw again. Just got my ticket for Cocaine Bear at AMC. Woohoo! Free gummy bears as well. Hoping they're not sugar tree or have some pure uncut Peruvian flake. <laughs> Wait, they're not. You you don't want pure uncut Peruvian flake? Get a free bag of gummies. Oh, that's fun. I, I think that's pretty fun. Uh, but it'd be great if they were cocaine filled gummy bears. No, don't do <laughs> drugs. Become a pop, pop star, star and, and they, they give, give them, them to you for free. free. Yay. I can always count on you for that one. Listen to your Uncle Bill. <laughs> From Mon Awesome. With another $20 Whoa, super chat. Thank you so much. Do you think the MCU will ever make an adult R-rated movie or show other than Deadpool 3? I personally think that the MCU's that's the only MCU's only weakness. Especially with the boys, Invincible, Peacemaker, even Joker made a billion dollars. You know, I think two. that's a good oh, uh, part sorry. two. Oh. Even James Gunn said part of the DCU will be R-rated, but things like Superman will be PG-13. Moon Knight definitely should have been TVMA, especially with how bloody he is in the comics. Thank you, first of all, for those generous donations, too, Mount Awesome. I, I, I think they're going to have to get to that point. They're going to have to make a more adult-oriented fair because they're just going to run out of... I mean, how, how long do you go with, with, with universe-destroying villains before you don't deal with the ramifications of how many... Like, in the MCU, how many people were lost in the Battle of New York? Probably a lot. Yeah. And they never talk about that. Exactly. The Sokovia Accords happened because people in Sokovia died. But Got to see a little of that blood. And I know, I know I've said this before. It is the one Chapek thing that I think was really, really great of we need to stop being so precious with what it means to be a Disney property. Right. You know, we can tell these stories and we can expect our audience to not just think, hey, I can't watch this from Disney. It's Disney. It shouldn't be bloody. It shouldn't have language. It shouldn't have this. You can expand what that means. And I think that people will be understanding of it. Totally agree. Yeah. From Jeffrey Lindeblot, best 20th issues, new t uh, Teen Titans. Wally writes a letter to his parents. It's a great issue. All-Star Squadron, Brainwave versus Green Lantern. Amazing Spider-Man, first appearance of Scorpion. Written before show aired. I'm glad that, Jeffrey, <laughs> you brought those 20 issues, those yeah. issue number 20s Thank you, to us. We appreciate you. That we do, because... Hey, it's the count. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know what mine would be, to be honest. I Once again, I, I need to be better about this for Jeffrey because. <laughs> I know. But we talk about you off screen, just so you know. Like, oh, my God, we don't have a. We don't have an issue. We need to figure it out. <laughs> and then Blatt's we never be do pissed. because then we get distracted by, like, making coffee or talking about action figures. Right. It's true. We're having too much fun. Yeah. What else we got from Corey M.? Uh, if we're hopefully getting Nightwing in the DCU, I would love a Titans movie with Trigon as the villain. Would go with the gods and monsters themes. Ooh, you know, Raven's I think dad? I I love the new Teen Titans, and I do love Trigon. Like when they switched over to the Baxter paper and the Perez and Wolfman run, Trigon was the first villain. But I think you have to establish the Titans as a team yeah. first before you bring tri Trigon in. Pardon my very anime pronunciation of that too. I went full Trigon Vash the Stampede. Well, Trigon, yeah. <laughs> That's different. <laughs> very different. Very, very different. Uh, from Jock Cop, who sends in a $22 super chat. Wow, thank you, thank Jock you. Cop. Everyone's been really nice and generous today. Uh, the director of the upcoming Suicide Squad game has criticized James Gunn, saying that the same actors will do both animation voiceover and live action, saying that live action actors will never compare to a voice actor. Thoughts? Oh, I'm not going to weigh in on that one. Here's the thing. So, as we saw with, you know, Marvel's What If series... Some of our on-camera actors did a fabulous job. Some of them did not. And sometimes we got a sound alike, so you, the main audience, did not even know and then went, that wasn't Chris Evans? That wasn't Scarlett Johansson? You know, 
there is a different muscle being used. Some actors are really, really great at this. Y'all have heard me talk so much about how Ben Schwartz is one of those actors who can do it all. You love him on stage. He's fantastic in voiceover. He's really charismatic on screen. Not everyone has that ability to do all of those things because it's a very different kind of style. When I'm acting into a camera, this is going to pick up all the little microaggressions that I'm doing on my face. Every small little thing, every eye twitch, it's going to get that. When you're doing voiceover, right? It's like theater in a way that you're reaching to the cheap seats. You got to play to the mezzanine, baby. And sometimes that just doesn't come through. So many on-camera actors are told to do less. And it gets to a point where then when you're in a booth, it sounds like you're uninterested or you're bored or you hate the material. And it's a very, very different thing. So I don't want to say full blanket statement, absolutely live action actors can't do this. They just have to be willing to come into the booth and play and push themselves a little bit more. And I think that also comes down to your voiceover director in the booth. Very interesting. Well, you heard it there from the expert. Thanks. By the way, you know you sh why she's the expert? And you'll find out at the end of this episode. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> from Joseph to Phillips. Hey, y'all. Where is a great website to buy TPB omnibuses? Oh, I'll tell you. Uh, listen, there is a website called, literally, it's called cheapgraphicnovels.com. They're a great website. I buy a lot of my graphic novels there, and they do a wonderful job packaging your books so they won't be hurt. Oh, nice. Excellent. And hopefully you'll be able to keep reading the X-Men then because, oh, my gosh, reading X-Men for the first time? Yeah, well, they oh. just dropped Uncanny X-Men, the omnibus number four. Ooh. That has uh, it's X-Men 200 on the cover with Magneto getting the trial of Magneto. Oh, hell yeah. Well, hopefully that helps you. Uh, Casey Mack, he might be a little too old when Batman the Brave comes out, but what are your thoughts on Aiden Gallagher, five from an Umbrella Academy, as Damian Wayne? Oh, I like it. He's awesome, but he's I great. think he's too old. Yeah, he well, would have made a great Damian yeah, Wayne. Because I believe right now he's nine. Is he nineteen? Something around something that like age. That. I can look. Um, thank you, Taylor. Uh -huh. Also, though, I wonder too if playing that kind of role would be too much of the same for I him. I think it would be. Because um, he's already done something like that. Jonathan off camera was saying that, um, what's his name? Asia Butler? Is that uh, Asia Butterfield. Butterfield, thank you. Um, from Sex Education would be a really great Damian Wayne. Because he's still playing a high schooler. He is 25, though. Yeah. Um, so it just depends, again, if we're going for that child assassin. Teenage assassin, there's a little more wiggle room. We can CW this casting, mm -hmm. you know? But Aiden Gallagher is 19, but this is nuts. He was born in 2003. That oh my is gosh. crazy to think. That That's hurts nuts. my brain. Oof. I don't like that math. I don't like that math at all. No, but he would he would be great. I just think, like you said, it's too it's too similar yeah. to what he's doing now. Yeah, because he's a great actor. Let let's let him expand and stretch. It's true. From the J Thunder forty five, Will Poulter is Booster Gold. His role in Midsommar showed a good balance of being comedic while also being a giant douche. LOL. Hey, he's a I, great comedian. And you know he he is Adam Warlock. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. I mean, again, but do you want him to jump? to similar roles. I, I do think that, I don't know how old he is. He, he strikes me as younger, but I always thought Booster Gold was like mid 35. Yeah. He could be younger, but I mean, that's why now I can't see anything but Glenn Powell playing him. Right. I what, Glenn, Powell, Glenn Powell for him, Glenn Powell for Hal Jordan, <laughs> right. Glenn Powell for everyone. That's right. Um, and I always come back to that that idea of Nathan Fillion as Booster Gold with Alan Tudyk as Blue Beetle, which I know we've that ship has sailed, but that's the kind of, person I want in the role it's true. is somebody who can do that kind of mal role, right? Of I can be a gunslinger and I can get down to business, but also I can be a total doof. Like I want a himbo in this role. I really, really do. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. Do you guys have a choice for who you want to play Swamp Thing? For me, I have two. I have Jason Momoa and I have David Harbour. Any, any casting I for you guys? I love David Harbour. David Harbour could do that. Swamp Thing. I think that's great. I think that'd be wonderful. I don't know. It really also depends, too, on if they have a lot of time spent in his human form. Right. Um, because honestly, too, if I if it's all going to be practical effects, I mean, get a Doug Jones in there. Get somebody who works really, really well in prosthetics yeah. and let him shine because what a fabulous actor he is. I mean, yep. he's so good. I agree. From Montrell Garrett. Remind people that this is part one of chapter one because he did not give us the full chapter. Oh well, that that's true. Meaning James Gunn, the mm -hmm. Gods and Monsters chapter. No, I yeah. didn't. I didn't think it was the. I didn't mean to insinuate that it was the full chapter either. Yeah. I think we're we're getting half or even three quarters or not even three quarters. Not even. I don't even. We're not. We don't even have half of it this yet. Is, this isn't even an appetizer. This is the amuse bouche. Yeah. There right. you go. Amuse. There you go. Amuse bouche. That's <laughs> exactly what it is. Yeah. All right. From Bam Mod, do you think we will ever get White Tiger in the MCU? 
I'd love to get one of the OGPR ones. <laughs> I, I wonder, uh, I worry if we do it, it'll, uh, I worry if we do, it will be the new Wakanda one. I mean, it's hard to say, but I, I at this point, they're going to need to give us more characters. They're going to fight the secret war with five, five people. Like, yeah. who are the Avengers? Do we know? I don't think we even know yet. I'm but I could sure. see White Tiger. It would. I could see it being the new iteration, though. That's what comes up when you Google it. I love that. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. From Casey Mack. Uh, he, oh, no. Oh, wait. I think it We jumped. did that one already. boop a doop a doo There we go. There we go. From Dr. J. I'm convinced that the majority of people who attacked DC Online yesterday didn't bother to read the synopsis for these new projects. I believe all 10 projects have the potential to be amazing. Oh, I, I agree, too. Like, And what I don't understand is why why be disappointed? You knew they're going to have to lead with Superman. Yeah. They haven't made a Superman movie in a decade. So, of course, they're going to lead with their biggest superhero. They have to build the universe around that character. Yeah. Well, and we were talking about this off camera, too. People are just going to want to be mad about anything. And they just want to have some rage and be indignant about stuff. And it's so silly to have a hard negative opinion and I, i'm sure i've been guilty of this everyone has being like this is gonna suck i hate it so much literally nothing's come out so it's really hard to hate something without seeing it i agree I even know. though people on my feed are hating things all the time that they haven't seen <laughs> this is very like true. what rob like star trek Picard <laughs> season three <laughs> all right from al renshaw i'm can i could see seth rogan as booster gold uh I mean, he's funny. I don't know if I could see him as Booster Gold, though. Yeah. But, I mean, he still has to be a superhero. I guess he I could gonna be a say, superhero. I was going to say, the the thing with Booster Gold, though, too, is he has to be able to convince the century he comes back to that he is a bona fide hero. Right. And he uses tech to kind of trick us, much in the way that Mysterio did in No Way Home, right? Yes. It's that same situation here. So... Seth Rogen, while well, I could definitely see entering the superhero genre and doing other things, I don't think Booster Gold is the character here because he's a he's a slippery kind of oil salesman, you know? Yes. There's a snake oil component to him that I don't think Seth Rogen has. There's an earnestness to Seth Rogen that I appreciate. And I, don't I think, think it'd work so, too. Here. You're right. From Al Renshaw, I don't see why a 12 to 13-year-old Damien can't work. I, it depends. I think he could. It depends what they how they approach this. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing is, even if he's 13, he's trained by the League of Assassins. So it would have to be, what what does that actor bring to the role? It's all about writing and directing and the person you cast. Yeah. Agreed. You can do anything if you want. I'm livid, one Bill Hader to voice skeets. That's not a bad idea. That's fun. I like that. I'd be okay with that. I think that'd be really, really fun. Yeah. Yep. From CJ Rebirth, growing up, I loved buying from stores uh, from stores the Archie Sonic comics, as well as waiting for them in the mall. It was based on the second Sonic TV series. Oh, yeah, those were fun. Those were cute. I never saw those. Oh, they were great. Archie and Sonic the Hedgehog together? Oh, no, they were separate things, I believe. Because oh. um, I would usually... Get... Oh, you mean Archie Comics published Sonic? Yeah. Got it. Yeah, yeah. I, I would always get the Betty and Veronica comics in the grocery store. That's that, that. That's my aging of myself, where I'd go to the Kroger with my mom and grab a couple of those. And that was part of my gateway drug into getting her to take me to actual comic book stores. Wow. Being like, I could only get Betty and Veronica here, Mom, or Cheryl Blossom, but you don't want me to read these. Did you ever read Richie Rich and Jackie Jokers or those? I yeah, didn't. The, you probably missed out on those. Yeah. That was my childhood. Mm. Ancient times. Ancient <laughs> we built times. the pyramids back when I was Wow. Yeah. Good job. It was really good. Nice. That's how I learned geometry. <laughs> From Jeb4148, Kingdom Come making a lot more sense with Gunn's description of the authority. Yes. I mean, that's the way to do it. Yeah. Uh, so we, we shall see. Mm-hmm. From Dr. J, happy 20th episode to the Weekly Hero. Thank you, Dr. J. Thank you, Dr. J. J. We, 20 weeks we've been doing this weeks. show. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. That's like five months. I know. That's nuts. And next week, our show is old enough to drink. Well, not really weeks, but we're saying. <laughs> 21. 21. We should do a toast. We should We should do a toast. We'll have a toast. Yeah? Yeah. That'd be cute. We'll have a toast with all of you out there. Aww. So get your pooch of choice ready and we'll, we'll do it we'll do it that'll be precious unless you're not 21 yet you can't drink. then don't do that yeah be responsible the j thunder 45 with a title like the brave and the bold hope to finally see a world's finest film i would love mm. that i think that would be terrific yeah who knows I would love it. i would love it from king tannic 
Hearing you talk about Transformers brings much joy to my soul. I love the Bay films, but the discourse over the past decade was very negative for Transformers. Yeah, and by the way, I should say King Tannic is going to be doing a show called The Otaku Experience on my own channel. So oh, fun! Uh, King Tannic is right, but here's the thing. There's a reason. Like, I, I, thought the, I liked the first Transformers movie a lot. It's fun. The idea of a boy in his car and all that. Yeah. I thought the second, the second trend, you, you cannot walk out of the Smithsonian Air and Space Museum into the desert. And I'm like, come on, man. I mean, that's, where's this desert in Washington, D.C.? That bothered me. But I did love, I do love, I don't care what anyone says, Transformers Dark of the Moon is the bomb. I, I mean, going to the moon in the beginning, come on, if Ray Ora was here, he'd agree with he'd me. He'd love it. And then also, the Battle of Chicago <laughs> is a special effects tour de force. I love that King Tannic in the comments is like, yes, you can. They teleported to that desert. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Fight him. I love this. This is no. great. From Suthius, rewatched WandaVision, and I got to ask, when will we see V again? It's been two years now. I'm thinking perhaps a new world order fighting along Sam. I, you don't know. Where did the vision go? We don't know. Is it white vision, colored Aren't vision? Are we getting vision quest? Oh, yeah. We're getting, we are getting vision <laughs> yeah. quest. So I guess we'll find out there. I just don't know if we have a, a time or, or, a place. Anything, or a time or a place or anything. But I think we're getting that. We are so. getting a series. That's right. Eventually. Eventually you'll get vision quest. He'll be back. <laughs> From Three Thumbed Geek. <laughs> With James Gunn running DC, I hope we get an adaptation of Tom King's Mr. Miracle. It's one of the best comics ever made, and it could be a dream to see it come to life. Yes. I'm not familiar with this. Well, it would be a, it would be a dream to see it come to life, so that's why you're not familiar oh. with it, because it's only a dream. Ooh. <laughs> what can I say? Wow. The next thing, though, I mean, look, the, the, the next thing, I'm so excited about this. I've seen the trailer over and over again. That's, I'm sorry, that's what I was paying attention to. Oh. That's why I wasn't paying okay. attention to what you're that's saying. That's okay. So you're not familiar with the Mr. Miracle one? Oh, no, I'm very familiar with oh, Mr. Okay. Miracle. I just was like, it'll... Uh, it'll oh. No, here's the thing. I okay. love the new gods. Mm -hmm. And I love Mr. Miracle. I love Big Barda. Uh, you know, I love... There's, there's, there's the black racer mm -hmm. who is a guy who skis. Oh. I'm telling you. I love the entire... Uh, and by the way, they started in the pages of Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. Oh, nice. So if you read the Kirby Omnibus or the Fourth World Omnibus, it's great stuff. Yeah. And I think they're going to have that in there somewhere. I would think so. My New God's knowledge is really limited, honestly, to basically the Justice League Unlimited cartoon. Oh, well, they... Uh, where I was like, oh, Orion, this guy seems cool. Yeah, okay. I mean, Orion's from New Genesis, you yeah. know, and so... But the the Fourth World's really interesting. Kirby's mm -hmm. whole Fourth World. And, and they have been reprinted both as Absolute Editions and as... Um, uh, just regular omnibuses. So okay. you, yeah, and, and they're thick, like this big. Mm -hmm. They're a lot of fun. Thick but with I think three C's? It's huge. Wow. <laughs> I think you're going to be able to uh, to see those in film form someday. Yeah. But probably a little further down the pipeline? Yes. Okay. All right, but the thing you're excited about. Hearts K, Rob's. Rob, Rob, have you seen the trailer for the Japanese-Philippine co-production of a live-action Voltes V? Yep. 70 Vol Super Robot movie? Voltes 5, yes. Oh, Voltes uh, 5, Thank I you. am a huge fan. It actually looks great. And by the way, I have a... There's a... Uh, Godaiken made a lot of the Super Robots in these. They're hideously expensive if you can find one. Mm -hmm. But I have the Voltes 5 Godaiken. I, this looks great. I can't wait to see it. I mean, this is not from that. This is the original Japanese super robot version, but yeah. there is this live action, and it looks a lot of fun. I want to see it. Sweet. Show me. <laughs> from Grubby Don't Play, I'm excited for Knock at the Cabin based on a book. It's based on a book called The Cabin at the End of the World by Paul Ooh. Tremblay, and it was I liked it. I liked it. I thought, uh, I thought it was really good. I'm curious to hear how they're going to handle the ending. Ooh, I haven't read this one. but all the I read this book in one sitting. Ooh, okay. I'll have to check it out because the trailer looks very, very interesting. Yes, it's yeah. very interesting. From Seymour Boots, just got out of my Juilliard audition. Uh, didn't get a call back. Not too bummed because only two out of 30 people get a call back. Chris, words for an aspiring actor. Okay, first of all, that's amazing that you just auditioned for Juilliard. Juilliard, my dude, that is prestigious. I, I toured myself back in the day and was so overwhelmed. Um, and listen, one of the things about being an actor, and I'm, I'm sorry if this isn't particularly inspiring, but it's just something that you need to know. Most of the time, you're not going to get the role. Most of the time, you're not going to book. 
anytime you audition for somebody, it's an amazing opportunity for you to get to perform your craft for another person, right? And what a gift is that where you get to perform for somebody else and show them what you're capable of. That's the job. Auditioning is always the job. Booking everything, getting any gigs, that's all cherries on top. It's the audition that's the most important thing. Unfortunately, you have to get really, really used to rejection, but please know that it almost has almost nothing to do with you and your talent because so many other things, just like how film is subjective, obviously acting is subjective. So it could be very, very little tiny things that just mean that you didn't get something. There are so many other acting programs out there. I'm sure you're going to find an amazing one. And please know too, there's not one way to get trained as an actor. While Juilliard has an amazing prestigious program, there's so many different routes. I mean, a friend of mine, he ended up just driving out here, working out at Cheesecake Factory and acting and taking classes out here and taking classes just with acting coaches around. And then he started booking with Disney and stuff. You know, there's not one right way to do this. So just hang in there because it's also a long game. All right. I hope I hope that you still feel proud of yourself for even having the balls to go audition for them. That's amazing. That was I, I, there should have been rousing music behind that. That was such an inspiring oh, speech. Thanks, Rob. Wow. That's sweet. Wow. Mm -hmm. Thanks. From Dr. J sending in a $13 super chat. Dr. J, thank you so much. Uh, Bobster, a year ago, you brought your own throne and Elizabeth was almost at a breaking point. <laughs> oh, bought your own throne and Elizabeth was almost at a breaking point. Since then, there's been a conga line of hot toys and now a giant Andromeda. Will your purchases eventually be driven underground? Here's the thing. Uh, a lot of these purchases, that throne, that Thanos throne, I purchased before the pandemic. And it wasn't very expensive. It was like a hundred bucks. So if you amortize the cost over the three years it took me to get it, you know that's not very much money every month. No. <laughs> and the Andromeda, the so the Star Trek Andromeda was also I had to wait a year to get it because the the there was there was uh, supply chain issues and things like that. And uh, uh, Elizabeth has seen the boxes of the Andromeda come through the post office for 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 a long time. She just didn't know it was in them. So when I she looks at the box, she's like, "Oh yeah, what's this?" She thinks I bought a bunch of little ships. When I told her, she, when I brought up stacks of boxes, she's like, "How many of those do you have?" And I said, "Just one." She's like, "What do you mean, just one?" And I go, "They're all part of the same thing." And then I started opening and showing her the parts, and that that thing has been getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and she's not having any of it. But I don't know where I'm going to put it. Probably leave it right there in the kitchen. Forever. Yeah. Whoa. That's a move. <laughs> It's never going to happen. Man. She's like, get that out of here. I'll bring it here. I'll bring it to the office. There we it, go. It's longer than this desk. Mm. I think it'd be cool. <laughs> and that's it. That's it. Wow. Oh. Well, Chris, where can people find out where your voiceover class is? <laughs> Thanks for always throwing to this, Rob. Uh, hey, oh, there's me. It's me and me. Um, you can go over to my website, speakfriendsstudio.com. My husband, Logan, and I teach voice acting and dialect classes. He's the dialect one. He can walk you through all the different dialects of the UK. He's amazing. Uh, we do demos and all kinds of stuff, like I said earlier. You can also find me online on Instagram, at actor Chris Carr. I'd love for you to follow. You can check out my uh, videos and images and my stories from Nintendo World yesterday. Wow. I'm, of course, Robert Meyer Burnett. Mm -hmm. You can find me at my own YouTube channel, The Burnett Work, or find me on Instagram at RM Burnett, or find me on Twitter at Burnett RM. And by the way, don't tell me that you're not going to watch Star Trek Picard Season 3 based on a two-minute trailer. It's a 10-hour show. Boom. Just give it a shot. Give yeah. it one episode. See what you think. Good old college try. That's right. And you know who's been making things work behind the scenes here? Mr. Taylor Gonzalez. Thank you so much, Taylor. Where can people find you? Oh, well, thank you so much. This was a really fun episode, number 20. Woo -woo. So cool. Uh, you guys can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter. And you can find me on YouTube at 50 Shades of Tay. Uh, over the past weekend, I went to Pasadena Comic Con and I covered the whole event on my channel. I have interviews with uh, Kirk Thatcher, who you know as the Scotsman from Love Werewolf Kirk. by Night. I have interviews with Larry Houston, who worked on the 90s X-Men animated series, who's also working on the revival that's coming out on Disney+. Plus. So, yeah, you could follow me on my uh, YouTube channel. Here's my logo. Uh, 50 Shades of Tay. I'd love to have you guys over there. Awesome. Well, Chris, I'd say that was a fine last episode of this show. We're going to have more next week with episode or issue 21. Issue 21, baby. So I didn't mean to say last episode I know, of the show. I got worried. I was like, what do you know? You never know. I don't Probably. know anything. Oh, my goodness. I'm like Jon Snow. <laughs> <laughs> I love that for you. Thanks for being here, y'all. We can't do the show without you and your amazing questions and your awesome support. As always, if you liked any of the things we talk about today, any of those issues we mentioned or made reference to, go to your local comic shop, go support them, get some comics in your hot little hands. And until next week, 
stay safe out there. Bye, y'all.